0: New Hope Outreach Ministries making a difference by taking the gospel from word to action. And now, today's message. Thank God for Daphne being back with us today. She was out of town last week for her son. Uh, Ashton is getting ready to embark upon a new life and getting ready to graduate and, and become a full-time taxpayer so uh, that's what you do after you graduate from college and you you learn how to get out of the house and do go out there and and learn how to pay taxes and all those good things by the grace of God but God is good we thank God for all the good things he's doing for us and all the great things he has already done um, a few weeks ago we talked to you about the power of God's love um, we want to sh- talk about that this morning, responding um, to God's love. That's what we want to talk to you about this morning, responding to God's love. Um, that, that's so important when it comes to uh, being able to move forward, whatever. Um, we haven't put it out yet, but we're probably going to um, put it out sometime before the month is out. Um, the word that God gave me for New Hope Outreach Ministry for this, for the year of two thousand and twenty-three, going to be a year of abundance. The year of abundance. You know, Jesus, I've came that you might have. I came that, I've came that I might that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You know, um, God never gives us just enough. Look at your neighbor says just enough. He always works in the overflow. But the most important thing is we have to prepare ourselves and do what he tells us to do so we can experience the overflow by the grace of God. And this morning we want to um, talk to you about responding to God's love. You know, God's love is so powerful. Look at your neighbor and say it's powerful. And that's one of the things that the enemy has worked over time to keep people from understanding is really God's love. And once you get an understanding of God's love, it permeates your life. It changes your life. Believe it or not, everything you do reflects your love for God himself. Let me say that one more time. Everything you do, you receive from him, everything he asks you to do is a reflection of your love for him. And many times people say, well, you know, I don't do this, don't do that, whatever. It's not to the point where you're a bad person. But there's some imperfection in your relationship with him, the reason why you're not able to do what he asked you to do. Because when you love someone, guess what? It's not a problem. And see, and this is one of the things about um, God's, uh, God's love, the agape love of God It is unconditional. There's no strings attached. So when you look at, when you want to identify really what love is, you don't have to come up with your own definition. It's already laid out for you what love really is. There's no strings attached. It's unconditional. It does not expire. It does not have an expiration date. It's not impatient. So God's love, unconditional love, It's it's an amazing power that transforms your life. And, matter of fact, in love, it's it's a word that trans, it's a transforming word, it's an action word. It causes you to change, really. And when you begin to change the way God wants you to change, your whole aspect in life changes as well. The way you see things, the way you do things, the way you, we can listen. A person that's in love with God and a person that's infatuated with God can hear the same thing, but their response can be entirely different. Can be entirely different. And that's why you want to make sure if you got anything going between you and God, you want to make sure that you solidify your love for him. And we'll talk a little bit about that later on, because. When you're going through a tough time, you can't assume that God loves you. You need to know how much God loves you, really. And that's one of the things that, um, that the enemy has worked over time is to really to be able to, um, to deal with people to cause them to believe the big lie. What is the big lie? The big lie is this: God will not help you. He will only help you if you help yourself. He don't care about you. He only care about you if you care about yourself. And when you get into a situation, that's God's way of trying to teach you something. That's the big lie. You can't trust God. He cannot be trusted. Because that was the same thing that got Adam and Eve in trouble was the big lie. God told him, said, listen to me, guys. The day you eat thereof, you will surely die. And the only thing they had to do was trust God because they love God. And because the love of God was not solidified and was not really solid in the heart, the enemy could come in there and rock the world and get them to thinking some other crazy thoughts like, well, God can't be trusted. God not want you to be like don't want you to be like him. God created them to be like him. But see, that was a lie. And just like, like he tells people lies today. Well, you, you don't need this. You don't need to do this. You don't need to give your money to church. You don't need to go to church. You don't need to pray. You don't need to read your Bible. Hey, you 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 working. You're a working man. You're a working woman. You don't have time to do all those things, whatever. He understands, and all these things like this, people listen to these lies and give in to them, and, and, and unfortunately, it becomes a problem for them. It's a big lie. You, if you die, you're not going to hell. There's no way in the world that God would send you to hell. There's no way. I mean, you don't steal, you don't kill, you don't destroy, you don't drink, you, you don't go out and do a lot of crazy stuff, but guess what? Um, you ain't mistreating nobody and all that good stuff like that. There's no way humanly possible that you going to hell. There's no way. It's a big lie. And God told us in his word, if we confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that's the only thing that's that can help us, that will enable us to be able to experience eternal life. Now, why is all this other stuff out there? And that's why a lot of people today, that's why a lot of people today are struggling, have been in church, now have left the church because of the big lie. If dumb people was right, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. Dumb people are struggling just like you're struggling, honey, and you just don't know it. You are struggling together, but the sad thing about it, you are taking to another level because now you are taking matters into your own hand because you want to try to make things right, try to fix it to be what you want it to be, instead of letting God be what He wants to be. I mean, God has—I mean—His love for us is unprecedented. It's amazing, really, how much God loves us, to what He would the things he have done for us. Because you think about all the things you, you're experiencing right now, right this moment, is because of God's love. You woke up this morning, not because of the alarm clock, not because the, the, the clock was turned back um, last year or one hour or whatever. You woke up because God's love. Remember we sang a song in the old church, love lifted me. When nothing else would help, love lifted me. And when you are in trouble, when you're going through challenging time, that's what gets you out of trouble It's God's love. Because when you know that God loves you, let me tell you, no forces in hell can really stop you. And not only that, but like I said earlier, his love is not on an expiration date. Go to Psalms 136 and verse 1 through 1 through four his love or his mercy endureth forever and those and out of those 20, 26 verses there each one of those 26 verses if you read it it said it'll make a comment and then it will state to God's mercy endureth forever 26 verses. Well, why is God doing it? He wants you to be reminded of his mercy. And see, that was made David so amazing because, because of his mercy. God extended mercy to him. When he got in trouble, he didn't say, well, God, you know, um, I, I don't know what I did wrong or whatever. He said, God, God created me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. But those 26 verses there in the book of Psalm talks about God's mercy. He says, oh, give thanks unto the Lord for what? For he is not sometime, but he is good all the time because of his mercy, because he loves you. He's not loving you because of you loving him back. The Bible says God loved us. He, he loved us first. Before we even consider loving him. Then he says, Mercy endure forever. Then verse 2. He said, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Unto the God. And to the God for his mercy endureth forever. And verse 3. Verse 3. So give thanks unto the Lord for his mercy endure. In each one of those verses, David was being reminded here. Of God's mercy, and this is one of the big lies that the enemy is trying to say that God's love don't matter, but God's love does matter because when you get God's love in your heart, it not only changes you, but it changes people's around you. That's why the Bible said in Corinthians said, "Love never fails; it never gives up; it never quits." And now what we're learning to do, all the great things God has done for us, and we, how many times we've made promises to God, we didn't hold, uh, hold our end to the promise, but God held his end to the promise. God, if you get me out of this situation, Lord, I'll never do this again. And two or three days later, we're right back at it again. And he still loves us. He still continues to show mercy upon us. Because His love for us by the grace of God, and that's why it's important to to understand that. Guess what, God? How much God loves me, whatever. And at some point, if you don't understand God's love, just tell Him. Say, God, listen to me. I never really experienced love. That's why parents can't love their children, and that's why children can't love their parents because. They don't understand love. They never experienced love because their grandparents and their parents never showed them love. So there's no way of them being able to come up with a way of knowing what love really is unless you go to the Bible. And when you go to the Bible, God's love will change you. It'll change your life by the grace of God. It'll change you. Even when even with Nehemiah, um, Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 31, Jeremiah 31, 3. God told Jeremiah that he loved him with an everlasting love. Jeremiah has seen a lot of stuff. He was considered to be the weeping prophet. He had seen a lot of stuff that the children of Israel were going through. And he was crying and just, just overwhelmed him to see how in the world can a merciful God allow people to suffer the way they were suffering. How could that be if you love them so much? But the sad thing about it, it wasn't the fact that God didn't love them. They did not love God like God loved them. When God gave them an opportunity to turn and change from their wicked ways, guess what? They turned and went back and done their own things. Their sins was a punishment. The, the sins that they were dealing with was a was a, was a reflection of their own action, had nothing to do with God. And just like God told Adam, the day you eat thereof, you will surely die. You mean It's not to the point where you may die, as a possibility, but He told. And that's the thing about God; He always tells you what you need to do. And after now after Jeremiah seen all the stuff that was going, I can't imagine it was horrifying to him to see people that was, even like today, the world in which we live. All the great things in America that we can be doing, we can be loving, but guess what? We, we're in so much homosexuality and, 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 and homosexuals and, and other stuff and molesting kids and all this other crazy stuff that we can be enjoying God by the grace of God. But instead of us being able to live and being able to be productive citizens, we'll run around listening to the big lie of the devil saying that this is the way God created you. He created you the way he wanted you to be created, not the way you want to be created. And that's a big lie that he's telling you that you're something other than what you are. People that believe in that lie. But I'm telling you, that lie will not last. And God is so good and so faithful. He's giving you an opportunity to change by the grace of God. To change. To bring change into your life by the grace of God. And that's why it's so good that when God told, um, told Jeremiah, he said, I love you, not with some, but with an ever Lasting love everlasting think about everlasting that's a long time that's not two or three days you know we'll get upset with each other won't talk to each other for a month or years but then when you question us do we love each other do you love each other we're, we're climbing down we we love each other but see real love requires a response it's just not something you just do, but it's going to be a reflection of what you do, real love. Real love is not going to be something that's easy to be touched to the point where, where people can just say something, and just push you or say the wrong thing, and you get your feelings hurt. That's not real love. Real love is going to go beyond that. That's why Paul said in the book of Romans, go to Romans chapter 8 and verse 38. He said this. He said, nothing. He said, I am persuaded. You think he persuaded? He said, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height of death nor other creatures Shall be able to separate us, separate us from God's love. God forbid if you turn into a tadpole. It's not going to stop God from loving you, but it will sure to change you, how you love God. Nothing was separated from love from from God's love. Nothing you can do. And the devil would tell you, "Say well." You done messed up now. You done jack your life up. There's no hope for you. You might as well go back and do what you're doing. Going back to the world. Go back to drinking. Dealing with drugs. Selling drugs and all those things. Ain't no hope for you now. Now, if you believe that lie, you'll give in to it. But when you know how much God loves you, you say, you know what? No, this is not true. There's nothing I can do in this world that can change God's love for me. And I know he loves me. And I always can go back to him when I can't go anywhere else by the grace of God. And when you get to that point where you can understand the power of God's love, it makes a difference. Even like Peter, over there in the book of Luke, Luke chapter twenty-two, for fifty-five through fifty-eight. Remember, Peter, Jesus told Peter, said, "Peter, before the cock crow thrice, you shall deny me three times." Peter said, "Ain't no way." You know how we are sometimes. We get very, very cocky with our um, attitude, whatever. Man, ain't no way in the world I'm gonna do nothing like that. And sure enough, Peter did exactly. What Jesus said he was going to do. See, if you listen to God's word and obey God and follow his word, he will tell you what to do, how to live, and the way to live. It's not about all these rules and regulations. And that's why so many people struggle when it comes to church and come to religion. You can't live up to rules and regulations, they're too hard, they're too rigid. That's why when you understand God's love, God's love and his mercy will teach you how to live, what to live for, and and the direction you need to take your life. When you get ready to make a decision about something that's not right, you don't have to worry about what Pastor John is going to think or whatever. It's not about me. It's about your relationship between you and Jesus Christ. Because Pastor John don't have a heaven to put you in nor a hell to put you in. I'm just a voice, as the Bible says, a voice crying in the wilderness, telling you to come to Christ before it's too late, warning you. But I can't change you. Only thing I can do is help you, encourage you, and pray for you. But when it, when it boils down to it, you are the one to decide your destiny. You are the one to decide we want to love God and how far you want to go with your relationship with God or you just want to just play play ring around the roses, pocket full of toes. <laughs> That's going to be up to you. Because you don't get nothing, you don't put nothing into the relationship. And you're like a bank if you don't make no deposits, there can't be no withdrawals. You can't go over there and, and withdraw money for, on somebody else's name. That's not your money. You didn't deposit that. But you can deposit what you, you can withdraw what you deposit. When you make a deposit in the love of God, guess what? When time comes, you can make some withdrawals. You can make some withdrawals by the grace of God. And that's why it's important for us to be able to know how much God loves us. And then First John 4, 19, it says this. We love him. Because he first loved us. And when you begin to figure out this love and begin to get it solidified in your heart about the love of God, I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, it's going to change your life. You're not going to see things the way you see things now. You're going to see them, but your whole perspective of life is going to be different. It's just like amazing how kids, when they're growing up, they're innocent. They know nothing but love and, and friendship for one another. They don't see what we see. They can fight each other today and be good friends tomorrow because they don't hold no grudges. But as they grow, they begin to mature the ways and action of life begin to change. That's when they begin to change. And you can want to get to a point where, guess what? No matter what's happening in your life, by the grace of God, guess what? You know God loves you. All if anything bad happened to you in your life is not God trying to get your attention. What happened? It's somewhere along the way you missed God. Getting your attention. You missed something. As your people say, you missed the memo. And you did your own thing. And when you do your own thing, when you play, you pay. And God don't want you to pay, cause He have already paid for you. He have already given His life for you. All this suffering and all the other stuff. That you're going through right now man is dealing with whatever all the stuff that he's dealing with look at john 10:10. what the bible said why did i come i didn't come to you to suffer i didn't come for you to go through hell to go through pain and suffering that you're going through i didn't come for you to die to go through the sickness that you're dealing with i mean i've came that you might have life The reason I died on the cross for you because I did not want you to deal with that. Now, the only thing you got to do now is just accept me as your Lord and your Savior and believe how much I love you. And guess what? We can clear all this mess up. But as long as you don't believe the big lie that he's trying to teach me something, you always miss it. I can't think of how many people have have stepped into eternity. Believing God is trying to teach them something. God ain't trying to, trying to teach you. If he want to teach you something, he can teach you something. But guess what? In order for him to teach you, you got to be willing to learn. But many of us are not willing to learn. We've, we refuse and pay the price because we're not willing to accept what God has to say for to us. We know what's right. There's not a person in this world does not know what is right and what is wrong. They know. But the fact of the matter is, are they willing to do what's right versus doing what's wrong? Wrong is easy because it, it, it basically it compels to the flesh because that's what the flesh wants to do. But when you yield to the Spirit, and obey the Spirit of God, your life changes really. It changes everything for you. And that's why, I look at Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 20. That's a good scripture here. Paul, I mean, not Paul, but Moses was telling the children of Israel, he said, You must love the Lord your God and do what? And obey him. then he goes on and says, never leave him because why you shouldn't leave him? Because why? He is your life. Now, how many people will believe that God is their life? They think their life is their life. They're in control. They're running the show. And believe it or not, they are running the show. That's why the show is jacked up. Because they run the show they need to get away from running trying to run the show and let God run the show for them guess what God God is good he's good all the time and then he said and he will give you a long life in a land that he the Lord promised to give to you and your ancestors See, God is, is not, has never intended for, sh- for us to be short change on nothing. He dealt with all that for us. And the only thing we have to do is accept him by the grace of God and just, and just follow his plan. And guess what? And things will change for us if we allow them to change. Why do we need to know How much God loves me. Why we need to? Why is that so important to me as a person, as a believer or unbeliever? Why is that important? Well, I'll go over that to 1 John chapter 4 and verse 14. It gives you some, some idea. Real love casts away fear. Whenever you get into a situation, a challenging situation, um, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18. When you get into a situation, that's when them big lies start coming. You're going to die. You, you can't make it. There's no way you can get out of this. You will never survive this. You just messed up your whole life. There's no way you can survive. And when when the devil, when that starts happening, what's going to happen to you? What's going to come in? What's going to come in? Fear. Fear, false evidence appearing real. It looks real, but it's not. And that's why he said, perfect love, perfect love, God's love. It casts out all fear. Why is that important to you? Because when you get into a situation, when the devil starts getting in your ear and starts telling you about this, that, and the other, you need to know that God loves you, that he has your back. But if you don't believe that, and if you don't know that, and don't think that, and don't act on that, fear is going to come in. And I said it, and I said it again. All the pandemic we went through, the COVID and all that, the disease did not really so much kill the people. What destroyed the people was was the spirit of fear. When they heard it, Heard what was happening to others, then they assumed the same thing because they did not understand the perfect love of God. They thought it was going to happen to them. If I walked to him right now, you haven't seen anything. Just the sound of the word snake. Everybody started getting up and running, started moving chairs. You ain't seen no snake. Just the word itself has power, and because it has power, if you're not careful, it changes you. Just like when I was going through um, all the stuff I was going through, dealing with the cancer and all that good stuff, whatever stuff I was dealing with, whatever. The devil told me line up all the funeral homes in Huntsville. Son, you're going to (laughs) die. Because I knew God, and God told me, son, don't worry about that. You're not going to die. You're going to be all right. You're going to get over this. What did I have? I had a choice to make. Whose report I was going to believe, the big lie or God? Because my love for God, guess what? Even the doctor said, "Man, we don't know." You don't have to know. You don't have to understand. Guess what? Jesus is the one; who has the last say. So, like the like the doctor was telling me all day, we're talking about this, that, other. And I told him, I said, "Look, all due respect, we appreciate. It. Thank you for what you're doing, but you got to remember something. You got to remember here: there's a greater power." That's you and I. And all of a sudden, the lights went out in the room. When the lights went out and the nurse's eyes got big as a half a dollar, then all of a sudden he said, you know what? You can change that. If you want to change, go ahead. If that's what it takes, that's what God would do. That's how much God loves you. Can't no devil in hell stop you. He can't kill you. But if you let fear come in and get into your head and you start thinking all this old stuff and get around all these old naysayers, think they know and don't know, say they're praying, and not praying, they're doing more talking than they're praying. Let them come around you. Guess what? Like we used to say in the Carolinas, get ready. Because there's going to be some sad singing and some slow walking. Because there's going to be a funeral. Because you're out of here. But as long as you keep your eyes on Jesus, as the scripture says, I will lift my eyes into the hills for whence coming my help. My help coming from the Lord, by the grace of God. Guess what? Ain't no devil in hell can stop you. Because so guess what? I heard it in the Bible, in the book of Romans. Romans, said, Romans 8, 28 said what? We know. What do we know? We know that all things are working together for the good. What was meant to be evil, God, you're going to turn it around for me. You're changing the outcome of my life. You're changing the direction of my life. You. You're making me better, not bitter. Hallelujah. By the grace of God. And When we begin to respond to God, God began to respond to us. That's why when Jesus asked Peter over there in the 21st chapter of John, in verse 15, he asked Peter, he said, Peter, So, do you love me, Peter? How much do you love me? If you love me, that's a response to your love for God. If you don't, you don't have to do all these great marvels and miracles or whatever, but just your action and your attitude toward him is a response toward God. And I'm going to share with you some things about how to respond to God's love. Number one, when he speaks to you, obey him. You do what he tells you to do. You listen to him. And that's all he was asking Peter for. Peter was uh, saying, Peter, if you love me, then obey me. Do what I ask you to do. If you love God, if God got a calling, and those that are listen by radio or whatever, if God got a calling upon your life, those callings are about repentance or whatever. You can burn those talents if you want to, but you will have to stand before God one day. The reason why you didn't use them. Whatever it may be. You may be a, a usher or whatever it may be, but there's something that God has told you that he wants you to to do by the grace of God. But if you fail to do it, you're not hurting me. You're hurting yourself by the grace of God. You're going to miss out. And when God tells you to do something, you want to obey God. Number two, we always want to follow his example. Follow his example. He didn't just call you to just do nothing. Love is not about doing nothing. Love is about responding to God. You know, when you love somebody, by the grace of God, you don't have to make them do anything. They do what they do because they love you. Can you imagine... A husband trying to make his wife cook for him. Can imagine that. I can assure you there will be burnt sacrifice for dinner. (laughs) If he does, he probably won't get any gravy. He may get something look like gravy, but it won't be gravy. Why? Because she's not doing it because she loves him. She's doing it because she's been forced to do it. And that's the way it is when it comes to God. We love God not because we're forced to love him. We love him because he loves us. And the good things he's doing for us every day. Now number three is said we should how we respond to God respond to God, we should praise Him. There's so many people, God do great things for them every day in their life. But when we get around our friends and co workers and whatever, oh, we take all the glory. You don't hear me. Well, you know, uh, it was luck. I'm really lucky how God took care of that situation. Really, you really was lucky. It wasn't luck, brother and sister. It was God's grace and his mercy. If, If you love God, you should not be, as Paul said in the book of Romans, I'm not ashamed. Of the gospel of Christ. Because it is the power of God. Unto salvation. I'm not afraid of it. Because we love God. God responded to God's love. We should share God with others. There's hurting people out there brothers and sisters. There's a lot of hurting people. They got a lot of smiles on their face. But guess what? In the background they're hurting. And they're looking for somebody like you. They got the time to open up up an ear. They will listen to them. They ain't ain't trying to find no answers to no problem. They just need somebody they can vent on. Just talk to them about what's going on in their life. Because everybody else they try to talk to won't listen to them. And when they find out you will listen, that becomes a door of opportunity for you to minister because they're coming back. Because, they, because the most important thing, when people, when people understand that you will listen to them, then that means that they can talk to you about different things. But they, if you won't listen to them, they won't talk to you. And when they begin to talk to you, just sit there and be like a sponge, you just absorb it and just wait for the Holy Spirit to tell you what you need to say. That's how lives are changed. They're not changed always by coming into the church, sitting on the front pew, uh, coming walking on the altar. Ministry now is done one-on-one. People, because people now, it's so crazy, you can't let people come into your house now. Because you don't know whether they're going to rob you or not. That's why the Holy Spirit will let you know. One-on-one ministry. Does, does that mean ministry stops? No, it doesn't stop. The method may be different, but the results can be the same. You're still touching and changing people's lives. Because people are going to ask you. They're going to talk to you. If it's in you... It's coming out of you by the grace of God. And you never, in the last point, you never hide his love. And people want to know, why are you so different? See, I can tell you why I'm different, because this is what I used to be. And this is how I used to be. But whereas I was blind, but now I see. Where I was lost, but now I'm found. A change had has come over me. And when you get that change in your life, it changes you. People say, well, the situation got to be changed. If God can change you, he can change the situation. And many times the situation will change but really the situation not changing because we're not changing we want results but we don't want to change to obtain the results and once we change I'm telling you God is an amazing God responding to God's love and I'm telling you when you get into a situation And really have to know when trouble comes, you need to respond in a positive way. does not matter what happened to me in this situation. I know that God loves me. And I know for a fact, he's not going to let anything happen to me that he don't want to happen to me by the grace of God. That's what God told Job, if you get getting ready to close, he told Satan told Job, told God, said, look, the reason you're blessing him, because you got a hedge of protection around him. But move it. Get it away from him. And I'll make that joke or curse you to your face. And that's what the devil is doing every day. Causing people to curse God to his face. Because they don't know him. Whole family turned on him. wife turned on him. Friends turned on him. But guess what? That didn't stop Job. And the good thing is you read the whole story in 42 chapters of, of the book of Job. It tells you at the end of his life how God blessed him. God will reward you. Look at your neighbor say, God will reward you for your labor love. He's not pimping you. (laughs) Working you for nothing. That's right I said the word pimp. God is not pimping you. Making you work for him for nothing. Making you do all these great things to to show his glory and manifest his, his power for nothing. No, that's not God god is a loving god and he's a good god let us pray father we thank you for your word today we thank you for what you've done and all the great things you've already doing and i praise you right now god do you continue to bless us continue to strengthen us with god as we continue to respond to god's love in such a powerful way, God, that it would touch and change the lives of other people that's around us, and we thank you for this right now, in Jesus' name we pray, Amen. Well, this time we're asking for Pastor Hilda she's going to come, and she's going to.